Covered in Glory is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to the season finale of Covered in Glory, Brett. We have reached the end of the road for soccer season. How are you feeling? It's bittersweet, man. It's been a it's been a little bit of a marathon. Uh, you know, with the world, especially with the World Cup, just like jamming in there right around the new year, um, right before right before the new year. But but you know, it's also sad. Like I don't know, I'm I miss waking up in the morning and having soccer on to watch. It's kind of a bummer that for two months I'm gonna have to find something else or like watch the the start of the Valspar Open, unfortunately, or something. Although actually, hey. the PGA stuff, actually the PGA stuff's gotten pretty interesting lately, so that might provide some oh. entertainment. Oh my God, I'm not. I, I Are don't we getting bought by the Saudis soon? I do not have the bandwidth to process that right now. I'll let Kevin Hench have the floor because he apparently has a lot of thoughts on the subject. Um, so Everton stayed up, so you got to be feeling pretty good, right? Here's something I didn't tell you, and I didn't tell you on the show because uh, I, I wanted to be secretly rooting against you. But when Frank Lampard was the manager uh, mm-hmm. of Everton and, and the odds switched to a plus, I got in at plus 130 for them to stay up. So I cashed a ticket for everything going up. We were aligned on that last day, but it wouldn't have made any sense if I was ragging on you for the last three months. So I was very pleased with that result. And thank you, Frankie Lampard, for driving them so far to the gutter. I got plus 130 for them to stay up after he was fired. One of my best bets of the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, in some ways, it's sad that they didn't get punished for their incompetence, but uh, I guess they're up for another year and I get to watch more Jordan Pickford's so, like, who's not excited about that? <laughs> well, uh, we are here to say goodbye to the soccer season. And in my personal life, I'm saying goodbye to Austin. This is my last night with my family here in Austin before the big move back to my beloved Virginia. And so of course my kids are spending it with their friends and I'm spending it with all of you all. Unlike their friends though, you guys are transferable. We can still be internet friends even after I moved to Arlington. Well, I just, I appreciate that you want to, I take this more as you want to spend this time with me in your last night with Austin. So I feel good about that. I'm going to read, <laughs> I'm taking the subtext of what you just said as that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, look, unfortunately, you're transferable as well. My cell phone will still work there <laughs> and I'm sure I'll be getting the most ridiculous texts about the most ridiculous subjects that you want to talk about on this show that I next week after week. You're welcome, America, <laughs> because if Brett was in charge of programming this, oh you boy. would not believe the crap that we'd be getting into. It'd get ugly fast. There'd be a lot of discussion about Crystal Palace's defensive line height. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I do feel a little bit like a bear in winter right now. I've just been stuffing as much tacos and barbecue into me uh, to make me last until my next visit here in October. I ate it. Definitely. My two, favorite, I, <laughs> my two favorite taco joints. I took them both down today. I took numbers three and four down yesterday and I had barbecue uh, the day before. So I'm well on my way to both being 300 pounds, but being 200 <laughs> by the time I come back, cause it's all going to burn off. That's how this works, right? A hundred percent. That's it. Science right there. Boom. <laughs> Crushed it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I feel like we crushed the intro enough. We've got the Super Bowl of football coming up. Champions League final on Saturday at 3 p.m. And it is between Manchester City and Inter Milan. 
Manchester City is minus 225. Inter Milan is plus 575. The draw is plus 350. Reminder, because this is a cup final, every line that I just gave you is the 90-minute line. It can go into extra times and it can go into penalties, but at that point, the draw bet is already cashed. Uh, if you want to just bet City or Milan to win the title, to lift the trophy, City is minus 500, and our friends of Caesars have Milan at plus 350. A couple of other popular numbers, uh, just because we only have one game to talk about, so why not? City minus a goal and a half is plus 129. The over two and a half goals is minus 135, while the under is plus 105. And both teams to score yes is minus 105. And Caesars has the no and minus 125. So, uh, Brett, I know you published a very extensive preview about this match on your newsletter last night. You can go ahead and give out that URL and I'll give you a chance to talk. So you are deeply uh, kind of in the weeds on Inter Milan and their strategies. I've watched, you know, I've watched enough of them to know this year to know they're in trouble against the city juggernaut. I know they've been playing a three, five, two with Latara Martinez up front, as well as usually Jekko or Lukaku next to him. Uh, Dumfries, Barella, Brozovic have been leading the middle, particularly dangerous down the right side with the Seabri at Seabri and Bastoni anchoring the back. So as you could tell, 90% of my prep was just looking up pronunciations and I still got them wrong. Uh, in order to do the listening audience a bigger favor, why don't you break down Inter Milan just a little bit? Because we've been talking about City all season. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, there's <laughs> Inter Milan's a, a kind of an interesting team. Uh, for older Premier League fans, they're going to get a bunch of uh, kind of cast-offs from some of the bigger clubs in the Premier League. Uh, and Dzeko's on the team, who's a former City player, actually. Uh, Heinrich Mkhitaryan, Mateo Darmian, who are both uh, Manchester United, I guess you could call them washouts. I don't know. Maybe that's not fair to Mkhitaryan. Um, so you're going to see a couple of familiar faces there. Obviously, Toby's boy, Rom, is going to show up at some point, I'm sure, uh, whether it's to start the match or to come on as a sub. Um, but they're they're Order, they're order accept a pizza delivery about two-thirds of the way through the game. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Maybe if they're down 4-0, you might as well, right? Like, you're there. Enjoy the Champions League <laughs> final, right? Um, so I, I think with Inter, though, I, they kind of play, like, what's normally, like, a stodgy formation. It's like a 3-5-2s, which means, essentially, they play with three center backs, two wing backs, um, and then two strikers up front, and they jam three midfielders in the middle. Um, it's actually a holdover from pod favorite, uh, Antonio, Antonio Conte's time. Um, <clears throat> he actually brought that formation to enter. Then he obviously left to come back to do to, for Spur, the Spurs job. Um, and then Simone Inzaghi has been there and actually kept that system, but he's kind of tweaked it a little bit. Um, he's made it a really attacking formation, which it typically isn't. Um, so he plays, uh, uh, <clears throat> basically three. I think I think I guess they would be all eights at this stage, um, but really uh, it's two kind of converted tens, uh, Mikatarian being one of them. And then I, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, even though I used the translator like or the pronunciator like five times. Uh, but Chalanohu, um, Hakan Chalanohu is also kind of like a converted attacking midfielder that they've jammed into like the central midfield role. And then you mentioned Barella; um, he's more the classic free eight just kind of a runner, shuttler, passer. Um, he scored a couple of really beautiful goals as well during this Champions League run-in. Um, but all those guys are, are really good at like certain attacking things, um, but they're not very good at, at defensive things, uh, which is going to make this matchup for City interesting. I think it helped them a lot in their run-up because they were playing teams that they had to break down. They were playing teams like Porto, Benfica, AC Milan, 
who all kind of came in as underdogs. Uh, but now they're going to try to use this more attacking version of this 3-5-2 against City. Um, and it doesn't seem like City is a team that you want to go punch for punch with, Toby. Yeah, I mean, I think John Stones single-handedly can neutralize all five of those guys in the form that he's on right now. And then I don't like their odds. I mean, I, I guess, Brett, um, I'll tip my hand. I have a pretty decent feeling where you're going to end up in this match. But mm-hmm. uh, would a single player on Inter make it into City's first 11? A single player? I don't think so. No, I. I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I would. I always want to replace Ederson with like a live body at this point, but <laughs> I, maybe I would say like Onana should be. Um, but yeah, I would. I would say as far as the outfield players, I cannot think of a one, and that's and that's saying a lot considering uh, Lautaro Martinez scored twenty eight goals across all competitions, and I don't think that I don't even think it's really an argument that he wouldn't fit into the starting eleven for City. Yeah, no chance. I mean, he'd be trying to play a second striker role. And yeah. one, they're not even playing a second striker. And two, like even if they were, they just probably play Phil Foden there over him. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one I could come up with, like if they squinted, was maybe the Kyle Walker spot. But even the Kyle Walker spot, the next best guy to fill it is Ake or one of the other guys on the city bench. I mean, so Ake I would they- be immediately Inter's best center back. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't think there's a single guy who can fit into City's 11. Uh, Inter Milan finished third in the Serie A, 18 points off the pace. They are 12th in the 538 SPI in the Champion League field. They do deserve a lot of credit for making it here because they did come out of a group with um, Bayern and Barca. So it's not like, you know, they did get an extremely favorable draw in the knockout rounds, but it was a tough road to get there. So they do deserve credit for that. And we've seen some miracle runs in the past, Brett. I mean, most notably in my heart, the 2012 Chelsea team that finished, uh, what, what they finished 10th in the Premier League or whatever the crazy number they were that year, or maybe it was six. So they were six in the Premier League, but still won the Champions League. But that team was on the tail end of a squad that had incredible success in the champions league leading up to that, like semis and championships regularly in the, you know, five or six years that preceded it with a lot of the same players. So Inter just doesn't have that deep of history at the highest level of club soccer. And they don't have a single guy who can make the 11. So the only argument, and I'd like to hear another one because otherwise this is going to be a a way shorter pod than it should be for the best game of the year. But the only argument is city bottles it or chaos reigns and soccer is fluky get outside of like the choker argument for city. Cause they have never won this championship. And it's, it's not Pep's white whale. Cause he won it a couple of times with Barca, but he's been unable to get over the hump with city um, or just, you know, the fluky one nil because soccer is random. Is there any other way that you can see inter winning this match? Well, I think the argument would probably be um, you, if you look at the, their overall quality of a team, um, and I write about this in the newsletter too, is it's a little misleading. So they finished 18 points by Napoli. Napoli didn't have the strongest of showings. I guess beating Liverpool pretty handily would count in the in Europe. Um, and so it kind of looks like this is like a floundering team and a sort of a weak league. But in all actuality, um, Napoli had an incredible finishing season and Inter's goalkeepers allowed about five shots above expectations. So the underlying numbers between the two teams were actually fairly close. Uh, it was 0.87 expected goal difference per 90 with Napoli, um, and it was 0.83 for Inter. So we're actually seeing a stronger team than I think the actual standings are showing you. Um, and even though the teams that they beat, AC Milan, Porto, Benfica, 
Um, they didn't, they aren't like the traditional names that you see in a run-up, you know, to a champions league final. Um, but Benfica was really good. I mean, they're really good. Even after they lost Enzo, like they were a really tough out. Porto is always like a tough knockout round out in any champions league. Um, and they gave him a fight. So, I mean, they're here. It's these, I know the, the soccer's fluky argument is going to probably still be number one. Um, but the other thing too, to probably take a, clo- a little bit of a closer eye on is we've talked about Kyle Walker on this podcast being like the counter stopper, uh, the new Fernandinho. We've talked a little bit on different episodes about that transition that Pep has made. Um, he's got a back injury and he may not play. Um, and so while I think Akanji and Aki are still very good and very capable, um, they're probably not going to have walkers like ch- uh, chase down speed. And so maybe that's where you see a Arturo Martinez get, get a run in get a clean shot. Um, Ederson can't be trusted. Um, I think in two ways, Ederson tries to very aggressive line breaking passes. And in this match, there's going to be absolutely no reason because city should walk to a boatload of possession here. So there's no reason for Ederson to try to play 40 yard balls up the middle that somebody can nick and turn into a three on two the other way. Um, and also, if Inter can just put shots on target, Ederson has not been a good shot stopper for a couple of years running now. He may allow a goal in that just shouldn't be in, and then that tilts the game. If if Inter Castel, it can lose the impetus to attack. They don't go down early. If they can do what they did against Barcelona, where they nick a goal within the first 15 minutes, then they can sit back in this, in this defensive back three and just let City come on to them and then rush into open space. That would be their ideal game state is that early goal. And then it puts city in attack mode where they're pouring numbers forward. Kyle Walker is on the pitch. A lot of space is exposed and that's where you get your answer, your answer win. Yeah. Well, that game state is almost everybody's ideal against city, right? right. It's, it's just trying yeah. to get in one early and then hold on tight or, or, you know, pack the box and park the bus and then try to nick one late. Like those are really the only two strategies against mm-hmm. the inevitable, Force that is Manchester City. And so I do want to go one level deeper, Brett, uh, just for the folks to hold from a gambling perspective. Talk a little bit more about the game state of how enters 352 will interact with you know Pep's genius that he's been rolling out there lately with his stones in this hybrid role, uh, with Rodri cleaning up everything, and then with this, you know, four attackers all feeding the monster that is Holland, and how that's going to interact with the shape of the 352 that Milan wants to take. Uh, it's gonna be hard in two reasons, uh, or for two reasons. One, when you have a back three and you and that back three is not shielded by super <laughs> disciplined defensive midfielders. Um, tracking midfield runners, uh, AKA Ilkay Gunawan, um, AKA Kevin De Bruyne is a tough task. Um, especially yep. when the center, when the three center backs are probably going to be watching where Holland is making his run and Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, who usually is going to start on the right wing in these big games. Cause he's one of Pep's trusted lieutenants in these big matches. Um, he's very good at moving into space, occupying space. Solva's like numbers goal scoring wise are never going to jump out of the page, but the reason he always gets the starts in these matches is one, he's great and disciplined defensively. He presses the shit out of the ball and two, his movement is excellent. So part of the reason that KDB has space to play an amazing cross in or kind of overlap on the outside and play a ball to Holland is because Solva's done something somewhere to suck somebody inside. 
And then that's opened up space for playmakers or Holland to make runs into that vacated area. So in a 3-5-2, those runs are much harder to track than when you have a bunch of midfielders that are eating up those bodies or and or just straight up man marking, like literally like in man-to-man defense in basketball, you know? Yeah. And then and then I think the final thing is, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off here, but the final thing will be basically Jack Grealish has kind of carved out his Aston Villa role in the city side in which he just stays on the left touch line, picks up the ball and then can go dribble one-on-one. The big question for Inter on that, like one small tactic battle will be, can Denzel Zumpries keep Jack Grealish out of the box? If he can, then this match is going to get interesting. Well, if he can, Chelsea's going to spend a hundred million dollars on him. So I kind of hope he fails. Got to be um, ten hog to him first, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Do you have to be ten hog to him? I mean, He's I look Dutch. at I look at this uh, this team versus the last city team to make the finals, which is two years ago against Chelsea, and a lot of what you just described, like massive differences between this matchup and the Chelsea matchup. One. Uh, that was peak Thomas Tuchel and his tactics in that game were an absolute masterclass of how to counter Pep. I don't have the same faith that Inter is going to have those tactics. Uh, two, they had N'Golo Conte, who yeah, was that's the, a huge one. Who was the single best player, you know, world that day. I mean, not not over the course of the 365 days, but on the day of the finals of the Champions League, he turned into the single best player in the entire world. And all of these free runs and all these tactics and all those things that you're talking about doesn't matter when Conte just completely wipes out every single build-up play that that City had. And then they also had Silva, you know, uh, at the peak of his powers, despite being 36 at the time, in the back to, if anybody got past N'Golo, which they didn't, then he could clean up. And so, well, and the other thing see, is as Pilaqueta's legs hadn't fallen off yet. And he started him at wing back in that match. It uh, basically had him yeah. locking it down that right hand side. So yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of contrasting things that were going on with that Chelsea side. They were just much better with, with a key piece too. Yeah. And so I don't see enter um, being able to keep a clean sheet like that Chelsea team did especially when you also consider the ultimate trump card, the most likely Ballon d'Or winner wasn't on that 2021 City team, a guy who scored 52 goals in 52 <laughs> matches. Yeah. And uh, I think is destined to get on the board in this game or to draw so much in, uh, inter-attention that guys like Gundogan and KDB and probably not Grealish because he can't finish, but uh, Bernardo Silva just get free shot after free shot on the goal. And one or two of those are going to go into the net. Yeah. I mean, it's um, like I said, this inter three, five, two is just not set up in a way that you would expect a traditionally defensive formation. And, uh, and I I hope I don't say this too often, but as I write in the newsletter, the the only way they can toggle it up to be more defensive is if they put in uh, Marcelo Brozovic, who's one of Croatia's midfielders, if you remember from the world cup, who's kind of like the, the more traditional number six. He's not like a great defensive player, but he actually does defensive stuff um, in the midfield, which would be a stark contrast from the, the current starting three. Um, he may start just because Mkhitaryan's missed three matches in a row coming into this, but like that's the best that, that Inter can do probably to make themselves more defensive. That or something like coming out and, basically benching their left wing back Federico DeMarco, um, putting it like an Azpilicueta type move by putting Darmian out on on a wing back and just tell him like, you're going to just shut down a flank and we're going to give up all the attacking stuff. 
Um, those do you moves, expect any of those? I mean, do you actually expect a surprise? I mean, like no. you know, Ryan Bertrand starting in 2012 was a massive surprise for Chelsea fans when they saw the lineup get dropped. I, I don't. I think we're looking at pretty conventional 11s on both sides, right? You don't think either side's going to overthink this? I, I think. I think Pep, because he's found this formation so late, and it's been so good. Like they, they literally, if you make the um, the genesis of this formation, the Nottingham Forest match, they have not lost. A single match. They're 12 0 0 in the Premier League with this formation. And they've absolutely slaughtered two of the five best teams in the world in Bayern Munich and Real Madrid in the lead up. Yeah. So it would really be crazy to see Pep, like, if we just see some weird tell where he goes back to a back four or something bonkers like that, or because they're playing a back three, we see an Alvarez start. I just can't imagine him getting away from what has been his tried and true formation in these big matches. Um, and then with Inzaghi, it's going to be kind of the same deal. Like inner inner isn't supposed to be here. And so it's hard for me to be like, I'm going to go away from the thing that got us here, which is Jekko and Martinez up top. Um, kind of the three more attacking midfielders centrally, DeMarco and Dumfries as the wingbacks. Uh, I just, it just seems to me like, that's a hard thing to pull the trigger on. You got to really be <laughs> willing to take a risk and then just get hammered in the media. If like Correa starts in, instead of Jekko because he wants more pressing. Right. Like, yeah. so like, it, it just, I mean, I think like there's might be one change. Like I said, Mkhitaryan's injury might allow Brozovic to come into the starting 11, which I think would help them. But like, I'm not really seeing like the Marco cause he's such a key part of their set pieces like come off the bench uh, and Darmian starting on uh, like a left wing back, just basically playing as a defensive winger. I just don't see those changes happening. They'd be too drastic from what Inter has done to get here. And managers typically don't do that. Okay. Well, we've kind of beat the tactics horse to death here, Brett. So let's get into the gambling part, the fun part. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the the headline here. Uh, based on the discussion so far, it should be a surprise to absolutely no one. I am going city. And I'm going to go on the adjusted line minus goal and a half at plus 120. They break the they break the deadlock somewhere between 40 and 60 minutes, and then they get at least one more while Inter tries to chase the game in the last 25 minutes. That's the way I see it going. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I landed right there too. It's it's just so hard. Uh, Bayern and Madrid were just better teams, like than Inter. Like just, I I think a whole tier above. Um, and I mean, city slaughtered him. Like each team received a massive beatdown in one of the legs. And again, yeah. you know, you go back to it's one match. Like maybe this is the match where Holland misses eight shots, like that are all fantastic big chances. Um, that happens. But I, I'm with you. I think the fact that that I think that Inter is going to have trouble controlling um, City's free eights. And when Kevin De Bruyne has one of those free eights and you have already have trouble controlling that player, I don't know how you stop goals from going in the back of your net. <laughs> so I, I agree. Yeah. So I think the plus one and a half is exactly where I landed. Um, I, you know, both from just looking at it from, if you want to get the tactical wonky view of all the things that I think are working in city's favor in that regard. And then if you just want to go the broad 30,000 foot view of, if they smash two better teams on the way here, why would they not do that to enter? Um, the only, the only holdup is, is I think two O is a big part of their range. And I think two O is where maybe the game starts to shut down a little bit. 
And then you're relying on Ederson to not allow the Toby's famous goal, the consolation goal against Ederson, which you have bet all year long. Bet all year. That is the one that will hurt you. Yeah. Just given how two goals are a big part of City's range, that consolation goal, that 89th minute goal, because City switches off, that's the one that I think could hurt you and, and allow you to not cover the spread. But I think the plus 120 number gives you enough leeway that you still want to take it. Yeah, Man City to win, both teams to score, plus 210. If you like the Ederson Constellation goal, you yeah. get a really juicy number for it. That is the bet I've been hammering all year, and it's been going great for me. So I don't know if I'm doing the Champions League final just because I have that little faith in, in Inter, but if it's going to happen, it's because it's 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, switch off, and Ederson blooper uh, into a Constellation goal. So, I mean, I'm not going to bet it, but I certainly won't be mad at anybody who does. Uh, so now we have the the headline done, Brett. Let's have some fun because we only are talking about one game. It's our last game. Let's go deep on some of the numbers. I literally looked at every single odd that Caesar's posted and evaluated them <laughs> and, and wrote down a lot that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you right now, Toby, and I, I need you. I'm asking for your forgiveness early. I'm going to tread into your territory later. Please forgive me for that. Okay. So. Well, I've got corners on corners on corners coming, so I hope you don't get too deep in it. Uh, all right. So the first two notable bets when you turn on Caesars and you scroll through all of them are two odds boosts. If you want something that's got heavy juice, uh, and not sorry, the opposite of heavy juice, great odds, and you really want to go after it, they have two that I, I like as some, if you just want to toss down, you know, uh, a half a unit or a tenth of a unit or a full unit or whatever you're feeling on it. One is KDB, the legend, to get both a goal and assist is boosted up to plus 1,000 uh, for this to be the KDB game and the, the crown on his very historic Manchester City dominant run. And the other one, if you if you believe that soccer is fluky and you know Inter will win this one or two out of ten times, Enter to win exactly one zero in the 90 is plus 2,000. 2,000, Brett, for them to follow the Chelsea pattern, one, one, one goal, be able to keep a, uh, a clean sheet from there. And these Chelsea, these Champions League games, at least the ones recently, they're frequently one zero. I think the last four, one zero, one zero, one zero, two zero. And the only reason it was two zero is Spurs bottled it completely and gave up a penalty to most Salah in the second minute. Uh, so these have not been, you know, the most open games, high flying affairs. And so if I was to play enter, which I'm not going to, but if I was going to play enter, I would not take them at plus five, seven, five. I would say lightning will strike. They will win exactly one zero in the 90 at plus 2000. Yeah, I think the only thing I have there is. It would take, I don't think it's 20 to one that that uh, city will not score a goal. Like uh, there, there is going to be so much pressure on that inter net. I just find it hard to believe like Andre Onana would literally have to have the Courtois like mo game of his life on steroids. I, I yes. just think, so when I was looking at the possession numbers, cause I was curious, um, cause inter inter does seed a fair amount of possession for a team. That's like, you know, quote unquote, one of the elite teams. Um, and so they, the, the nice part about this match is like we have a direct comp in terms of like City's oppressive pressing possession style. So we can get a better feel for essentially like how much of the ball is going to be in the final third of enter. 
And against Barcelona, even in the 3-3 match against Barcelona, Inter only had 39% of the ball. In the 1-0 win, where they scored early and then sat back, so game state does influence a little bit, they only had 29% of the ball. So, like, that's a lot of City having touches in the, in the, in the opponent half and the opponent third for them not to score a goal. And I just don't think 21 is good enough for that one. Yeah, I don't know. But let me flip the equation on you. Because remember what I said. I said I bent this versus Inter. So what are the odds Inter gets two? That I would, I mean, that would be better than them than sitting in zero, in my opinion. Um, but I think, I think it's extraordinarily low. And for them to win in 90, not one zero, they have to score twice. They would have mm-hmm. to win 2-0 or 2-1. So I still think this odds boost gives you better value than taking Inter straight up on the 90. Yeah, uh, no, that that I'd agree. Yeah, I think that's right. When you talk about the odds boost factored in, that would push it a little bit closer. But God, I know soccer's random and I'm going to just eat everything I say. I just, I don't trust teams outside of England anymore. <laughs> Basically, it's what it comes down to. And AC Milan, we joked about this off air. I've joked about this a lot of people. I'm not sure like AC Milan is better than Crystal Palace. <laughs> and that's not a joke. Um, and that's, they, I mean, they, they've obviously, you know, had some success in Serie A lately. So I don't even know with odds boost if I really can trust Inter to cover a lot of those lines. And, and the two goals, it has to be penalties, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, is it like, can you, this is my question to you to flip it. I know we're going way down the rabbit hole here. Do you see a, a, a way for Inter to score two from open play? No, no. no yeah. I, I mean, I might eat my words on that, but no, you might eat your words on what you said, but yes. <laughs> because Lukaku wants to eat both of our words. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I knew he was going to come up with talking about eating here. <laughs> uh, um, so I just don't see it, man. I just, I, I don't see it from overplay. It has to be a corner. It has to be a penalty. Yeah. Uh, some other I mean, sort of to me, piece. it just seems like it has to be fluky penalties almost. I mean, I guess like a free quit a kick. I mean, there is I, a possibility. The- uh, a bad back pass, I guess, is the only other way. It yeah, happens. That, like, that would be another one. Or a bad, bad or like an Ederson, you know, bad, just kind of pass trying to, again, like I said, try to break lines when he doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah I could see stuff like that. But I mean, that's kind of what you're looking at here in most Champions League matchups. I don't think it would be that big of a stretch to find ways for, for the on a team, even the underdog, to get to two goals from open play. I don't see that scenario other than just the weirdest stuff happening that that happens for Andrew. Well, you know what, Brett? I just noticed we're about a half hour in and we haven't given a break to give Caesars and our other sponsors a love. So why don't we go ahead and do that? But then we'll come back and dig into some anytime goal scorers and some other props. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code Omaha full and then place your first bet up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. Twenty one and older only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 or more wagers only must register with eligible promo code 
bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet is $1,250. The bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, it's 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, we are back, and as promised, I want to keep diving into this one game because it's all we got, and it's the biggest game there is. Uh, So next, let's do anytime goal scorers. Here are the odds, and there's one that jumped off the page to me, and I have a feeling, a very good feeling, and jumped off the page to you. Uh, Holland is anytime goal scorer number is minus 162. Foden is plus 250. KDB is plus 275. Latari Martinez, if you like El Toro to get a goal for AC Milan, is plus 300. Uh, but the one that I love, based on all the tactics that you discussed, and it's the same thing I went through in my analysis, Gundawan, baby, plus 300. Gundawan, plus 300, anytime goal scorer. His game fits the counter against uh, the tactics that Inrigar roll out absolutely perfectly. It's likely his last game in a city uniform, and he has been complete and utter nails in the big spots lately uh, scoring many goals in the late run in the premier league to help them uh, lead the comeback against Arsenal in the title, getting the brace against United in the FA cup last game. I think he goes out with his head held high. I think he goes out lifting the trophy as the captain. And I think he goes out with a goal in his locker on the score sheet. Yeah. Uh, I, 
you know, if, if we're going to do this, if you want some data behind it, because you know, it's spreadsheets, spreadsheets, spreadsheets over here, Toby. Um, if uh, of the projected starters of the preferred starting 11 that we're going to see, you know who the second highest ex- uh, expected goals per 90 is behind Holland? It's got to be Gundogan. Elkai Gundogan. Um, so you're basically getting the guy that has the second best numbers at a huge plus number. So, and, and then if you, if you watch these, like if you watch the FA cup recently too, in some of these matches, when uh city was playing Leeds, when city was playing United, they are starting to find good on those pullback kind of yes. things. When teams sit deep outside of the box, that is exactly yes. how Inter is going to defend. Yes. Um, so you aren't going to get like super high quality chances. Like this is not Ilkay Gundogan, like shooting from the penalty spot with a defender sort of on his hip. He is going to probably have to shoot through bodies from somewhere in just in those chances should be there. And I, I couldn't get to it just because goal plotting is sort of random. Uh, but a number I did like with him that was attached to it was the plus 750 as the first goal scorer. Because if you mm-hmm. think about how match these matches unfold, it's not going to be open. It's not going to be KDB probably playing through balls to Holland while the match is nil-nil and these two teams are feeling each other out. It's going to be City slowly moving the ball in the opposing third. The ball is going to get passed around. Inter is going to get dragged side to side. And then it's going to get slid over to Gundogan. He's going to crack a shot, right? Yeah. That's how this match is probably going to start. So, so the plus 750 number, was it was super juicy. But he's got to convert like the 0.05 point, like the 5, 10% goal chance to probably do it. So I couldn't get there. Uh, but the plus 300 for him scoring at some point in the match just seemed much safer, much higher floor, much better value. Yeah. And and look, I, I see the, I, I hate to say this because I'd love to disagree with you, but I see the match uh, the same way. And it's going to reflect in some of the other props I'm about to give out. But I think, I think Inter is going to feel like they're winning for as long as zero zero and their tactics are going to reflect that. They are going to play a defensive style. They're going to, you know, be on their heels. They're going to be packing the box and all it takes is Grealish or um, or Silva or someone else to beat somebody down to the touchline. And then as soon as they beat somebody to the touchline, it's KDB or it's going to one because everybody's going to rush Holland and it's going to leave a spot wide open about 16 yards out from the net. Yep. So I like both of those guys, but I, I just tipping gun to one based on recent form uh, and also because of the narrative captain last game goes out with the absolute fairy tale of the winning goal or maybe the first goal and lifts the cup that's evaded him his entire city career and then screws off to Barca or wherever else he's heading. Uh, All right, so outside of the anytime goal scorers, here are a bunch of other props. Uh, I'll get about halfway through my list and stop, and then I'll do the next half. Uh, So other ones I like, Brett. Holland to score and City to win because I'm all, all I'm trying to do is try to adjust the City to win lines yeah, down in a right. lot of these ways, right? right, right. Mm-hmm. So how do I get how do I get closer to even money for City to win? So Holland to score and City to win is minus one ten. Um, City to win and over one point five, so not the two point five. So this way the two zero cashes for you just fine, even without the consolation goal. It's uh, minus one forty, so only a little bit of juice, but not a hairy level of juice. Uh, city win and over two and a half is plus one fifteen, and uh, actually I'll stop there because after that I'm getting into corners. You know, oh here, let me give you a couple more because then I got a whole corner section because it is my last podcast of the year and I have to stay on brand. 
Um, City first half minus 108. And then here's the other one that I really like because of that play style that we were just talking about and the and the flow of the game and the game state and and Inter feeling like they're winning as long as it's zero zero. These games often championship games in general often uh, begin really tight, and I think Inter is going to try to force that tightness as much as they can. Uh, so first goal after 30 minutes, you're getting a plus number, plus 120 for no one to score in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, those are all pretty good. Um, I mean, I can't really argue against all those. I, you know, I always love the way that you creatively look for those ways to juice city lines. Um, because I think, and this is what, this is what scares me about the plus one and a half. I know we're going backwards, but this is what scares me about the plus one and a half is very rarely are the money line or the adjusted spread lines for city matches any good which is why I've always liked to listen to you find and craft your way around putting a city win into something else to adjust your odds and create a little bit more value. So the thing about this match is that scares me is that because we both like the plus one and a half, it now kind of makes me skeptical of like, do I need to adjust these lines anymore? Right. Cause I have the yeah. plus one and a half. Um, but I do think there's a lot of value in those bets that I think you're talking about. I'm just not sure that like weirdly enough, the champions league final is the one where we might actually need them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. Some other plays uh, in that same vein city over two and a half is plus plus one sixty. Uh, let's see here. The first goal to not happen until the second half. So if that tightness goes all the way till halftime and we're sitting nil nil in halftime, first goal in second half is plus two eighty. I, I kind of like that one. Um, and then of course the classic, City to win to nil is plus 130. Uh, the city to win to nil is the one that's close to my heart. Again, all these bets, if they put Ortega in goal, I would take all the Inter not scoring bets there were, Toby. Just line them up, but I would say, where is the zero in the interline? Got it. Bet, bet, <laughs> bet, 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 bet. But it's freaking Ederson, man. <laughs> it just makes me so hesitant, especially because, as you know, because you do this show with me every week, I am constantly picking city clean sheets and that dude is constantly letting like Rodrigo score in the 83rd minute. <laughs> like it just kills me, but I, I do love the plus money. I just think inter does not have a lot of goal scores. Like even though we talked about their midfield being a little bit more attacking, all their goal scoring comes from their strikers. And while I think uh, Martinez is legit, Jekko is 37, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Syria, I used to get the running joke that if you wanted to extend your career a few more years, that's where you go play. That's exactly what Jekko has done. Then the next best option is the guy that you malign regularly week in and week out on this podcast in Lukaku. And then after that, it's probably Barella, who only had nine goals across all competitions, despite being ever present for this team. And he got those nine goals by doubling his expected goal totals. So, like, it's just so hard for me to see Inter scoring. I mean, we we are obviously are going circling back to talking about how hard it is for them to score two goals in open play. This is why I think the clean sheet of plus money, like, in my head, we always talk about this. In my head, I was waiting to pull that lineup, and I was like, this is going to be like minus 105, right? And then I see plus 130, and even though Ederson ruins my life, even though he does well, not really, I, that's so harsh, but he does. I'm just going to say that for dramatic effect. I can't get away from plus 130. I, I, it would have made my five point if 
Ortega was starting in goal, but I do still think the bet is there. I'm just scarred by Ederson. So if you are at home and also scarred by Ederson and you want to play the Ederson consolation line, um, I just looked it up. I just found a, I just thought of a way to do it. Inter Milan over under first goal of the game. 61st minute and over is plus 375. 76th minute and over is plus 700, Brett. Plus 700 to score the last 15 minutes and extra time. That is a great way to fade Ederson. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that because you could probably put two small bets on each of those and get really great value on that. I love that. That is Toby. This is why you're the man. All right. There you go. That is what I needed. And and also, you know, for anybody else, if you have been scarred by Ederson clean sheet bets, uh, please reach out to me. I would like to join your support groups. (laughs) I need that. Just like Toby needs to go to the Chelsea group to talk about Rom. Like I need to talk about Ederson blowing all my clean sheets. (laughs) Hey, Chelsea groups coming to America. So anybody out there who's going to the Philly game, um, the Chelsea, I think it's July 22nd. I will be there. So holler at your boy and we'll meet up. Uh, And then I'll talk about Lukaku in person. It'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get friends right there, Toby. All right. So crawl out of your ruined life and join me in my personal passion, the corner best. The and I'm going to add to this discussion tonight. I'm so excited. All right. So here's where, where I, I'm at on the corner lines. I settled on three, uh, actually two corner bets, and then a card bet uh, uh, that I'm really into. One is, well, corner. let me first say corners over nine and a half is minus 110. I think the under is minus 120. So nine and a half is the key number you could play it either way. I'm passing on that one because I like another one better. Inter Milan over three and a half corners, Brett, plus 130 just to get to four corners. Can I interest you in an Inter Milan bet that has hit in four of the last five games and nine out of 12 of the Champions League games, including both games against Bayern? So I know that City are shot suppression wizards. I know they're going to have a majority of the ball, but I also know that they're going to be up one nil, two nil, and they're going to have no problem putting the ball behind the touchline on any sort of desperate inner attack. And we're not talking about a lot here. Two corners, a half, four corners for a plus number is one of my favorite bets. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, like I have a whole story about corner bets that I will, I will wait to ask this question before I get into that one. Um, the only thing I will say is that City, and I, I, I can't believe I, I'm remembering these off the top of my head, but I had to research it for the newsletter. City only allows two and a half quarters per 90, which is insane. Yeah, no. This <laughs> is insane. I, oh, it like breaks my brain to think about that. So I, yeah. like, I like where you're going. I too was actually, when I was researching corner bets, this is what we do with our lives, folks. <laughs> um, when I was researching corner bets, I immediately went to the Bayern game. I immediately went to the Barcelona match. Um, the one match where obviously they had some issues with generating corners and having a huge corner disparity was the Barca match where they won and they scored yep. early and obviously flipped the game on its head and therefore yep. did not have any incentive to attack. They were going to play for the win, play for the draw, especially in the group stages like that. Um, but man, just two and a half quarters, and then you have to go and get to four. I'm interested. I don't know if I can pull the trigger. Because I see, I see the game state. I definitely understand the game state. 
I would be way, I would be much more bullish on it too. I think Kyle Walker's not in starting 11 um, because he will stop the ball getting to dangerous areas before it gets there. Um, I'm intrigued. You can't sell me on it, but I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I don't I'm need to here. sell you on it. I don't need to sell you on it. I've already sold America on it. Uh, so the other, <laughs> other quarterbacks, I'm still in. Uh, you're going to hate this one. Each team over two and a half corners is minus 162. So you might want the other side of that. You might want to decide each team under two and a half corners if you don't think Milan will get there. Actually, you don't want each team. You just want Milan under two and a half. You would not want each team because Manchester City will most likely have more than two and a half corners. Uh, all right. So now here, let's bring the cards into it, Brett. Um, I'm playing both sides. Oh, what, of the- can, I, can I do my corner bet, though, to see oh. if I can make you proud? By all means. Okay. So I, when I was looking at the corner spreads, again, what we do with our lives, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was looking at the corner spreads. I was thinking, like, without looking at any of the numbers, without looking at Barcelona, Byron, comps, like things like that, I was like, City's going to, like, have, like, 10 more corners than enter in this match. Like, right? So shockingly enough, <clears throat> when I looked at the minus three on City, <clears throat> it was a minus number. I think it was minus 120. I wasn't super thrilled with it. And I started looking at it like, well, maybe that is good value. Let me see exactly like how many times Inter has just been smashed on corners against these good possession-heavy teams. And the only time they actually had another team had more than two corners against them in those four matches against Barcelona was, again, that same match. So, like, basically all you're doing is you're betting against a game state to take these Inter corners plus three for plus 120. You're betting against Inter just scoring a goal early. Like, that's really what the bet is, in my opinion. Obviously, there's a million more complicated factors, but you need to avoid essentially one game state because Inter has proven that they will hang within a couple of corners against these other teams. And I think the longer that this match probably stays a little cagey and nil-nil, we won't see, like, steady aggressively pressed to, like, put the ball in the box where it gets headed clear and goes behind the touchline. And as long as Inter isn't just sitting back with no incentive to, to, to attack, I don't think we'll see a big disparity that way in corner kicks. So well, I, I guess the other game state is Onana stands on his head, right? Like yeah, lots, of, shot, one. lots yeah. of shots on frame that Onana, you know, tips over the bar. Exactly. Yeah. Well, then combine it with a bunch of shots on goal bet. <laughs> there um, you go. Yeah. So I, I do think the Inter plus three corners at plus 120 is an interesting one. Just because they've shown a track record where, like, this game, the conventional wisdom is like, City's going to have about 20 corners, Inter's going to have about three. But so far, I haven't seen that. So yeah. at least that's what the spread the spreadsheet's whispering in my ear telling me. All right. You made me proud. I, Thanks, I like man. it. I like it's the, the last show of the year. I had, to, I had to show you something. And so I worked through the entire thing right there. I showed my math even. It took 40 shows, but finally I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> uh, all right, so last two quarter bets, and then let's wrap this up because this is outrageous for one game, even for us. Uh, so on the cards, so I'm playing a narrative on the cards, Brett. Uh, this ref has had a little bit of controversy off the pitch, and I believe that he is going to swallow his whistle in the first half um, because he's not going to want to draw attention to himself. I also believe it's going to be a tight game at the, at the beginning and there's not going to be as many egregious fouls. And then you have to be so freaking egregious to draw a card in the first half of a champions league final or world cup final or anything like that. So there is a bet for under cards in the first half under one and a half 
is minus 150. So I love this bet. I do not see a world in which this controversial ref wants to jack himself into the spotlight, Anthony Taylor style. I think he's going to melt into the pitch and will not blow his whistle unless he absolutely has to. So that's one. But I do believe that there's going to be a lot of frustrations in the second half and the Italians are going to really seek to muck up the game. So I like cards coming out in the second half because I also think there's uh, scenarios where there's a delay on Ederson or a delay on somebody else as as City grind out the clock at the end or there's a shirt off celebration or whatever it might be. So the other one of my favorite bets, because this is the last show and I've kind of lost my mind a little bit, (laughs) each team over two and a half corners parlayed with each team over half a card, Brett. Take those two together. We're really getting in the bag here. Take those two (laughs) together and you get a plus number. Both teams draw card. Both teams get at least three quarters. You get to plus 105. (laughs) Your witness. I don't even have anything to say. I mean, let's look at this. The bets that you just did (laughs) were parlaying cards and corners, which I think is the first time it's ever happened on the show. And then, then you're going deep into the web of psyche of a ref that went to a white nationalist speaking conference trying to stay out of the spotlight. Indeed. Not blowing. I mean, this is like next level. This is this 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 is is your end fireworks right here, everybody. I don't know what the podcast awards are, but I think we should just win one for that segment alone. This is the uh, meme of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the string charts everywhere. This is the equivalent of (laughs) that. Yeah, baby. It's not only do all these people work in the building, but they've been asking for their mail. (laughs) You wait, you wait. You're going to be watching the first half. There's going to be zero cards, and then it's going to start getting chippy in the second half, and you're going to be like, that son of a (laughs) right. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll say it with more disdain, though. (laughs) <laughs> uh okay do you have anything else brett because we have now been doing this game I, for about 45 no, minutes I don't, no, I don't even want like how can i ever follow that up i i was so proud of my corner bet. i was like all right it's like I'm, I'm hitting a high right here and then toby's like nope hold my beer bro i got you <laughs> well i'm drinking then, one right now yeah all right so um brett i know that we want to do a little bit of premier league future but since we're already 45 minutes in, uh, let's go ahead and give our five points for this game. We'll take a break. Anybody who wants to leave, by all means, take off. And then we'll come <laughs> back and talk a little bit about the Premier League next season and uh, signs for the offseason. Exactly. So for the five pint, um, quick, quick record keeping. I crushed you in May because you self-immolated with some of the single worst bets ever given out on this show. Good job, it me. was really pathetic. Very pathetic. And you you wasted you wasted 39 like shows of good or 38 shows of, of good bets. And you gave up your entire profit in the last two weeks. Uh, so you are now negative on the year. baby. You are now negative on the year because you lit yourself on fire the last two weeks. So kudos go to you. Go big or go home, Toby. You're only, you're only on this blue marble once, baby. But, but you're only negative by 0.1 unit, Brett. So any positive week you have in the Champions League will make you oh, a here positive we go. better Five on for the five. Year. It's coming. I, coming. I am up. I am up nine units on the year, so I am safe. I could go 0 for 5, and I am still going to be plus money for the year. Uh, so I am playing in a bit of bonus time. And so for my five pints, I, of course, went with some some of the ones I love, and then I had a little fun, bro. I, I couldn't help it. So for my five pint for the Champions League final, I'm going with City to win an over goal and a half at minus 140. 
Gundawan, anytime goal scorer at plus 300. The first goal at, at plus 120. The first half under one and a half cards at minus 150. Damp squid of a first half. Or damn squid at least first the at least the first 30 minutes. And then sorry, Mikey, you've already built the graphics, so I'm making you do it. I couldn't settle on five. So I am doing half pints on two other ones just so I can get all six in. Half pint on Milan over three and a half corners at plus 130, and a half pint on each team over two and a half corners, parlay with each team <laughs> over half a card, plus 105. My masterpiece. Is- Gonna grace the ground. It's it, it is the Sistine Chapel. It's there really what that's, that is here. But more nudity <laughs> once it hits, because all the clothes are coming off. <laughs> God, look out, Virginia! This is what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, I have to follow that up somehow. And I, I went pretty basic uh, this time. I mm-hmm. I just rode <clears throat> City minus one and a half at plus one twenty. Took that for two pints. Also, I'm taking a good one. It's just the anytime. Uh, not the first goal score at plus 300. I went with just the city cling sheet because if there is the range of a nil nil being pushed into extra time, I will win that one. Uh, so I took the city, the city clean sheet at plus one Oh nine, just one more time for Ederson to burn me. That's really all it is. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's happened all year. So I was like, why not just do, I want to have this feeling continue. Um, and then the final one is because I was so proud of how I got there. And because it always makes you happy, enter plus three corners at plus 120 for my final pint. There it is. There's the five. I just need to hit a few of them, and I'm back in the positive for the year, baby. Love it. Love it. All right. So for those who just came from the Champions League final talk, you're dismissed. Thank you so much for joining us this year. For those of us who want... For those of you left who want to hear us talk a little bit about Premier League futures and what the offseason might do to impact those numbers, stick around after this break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay. Thanks to you who stuck around. Let's talk a little bit about Premier League 2023-2024. Here are the early numbers. And then I want to ask Brent, what signings for each of these teams could most impact the numbers in a positive way? Uh, City. Jeez, oh, flip, Brent. City is minus 200 right now. 
So City is a favorite versus the field by a wide margin. I didn't see a field bet, but the comeback would be something like plus 150, plus 160 for anybody but City to be the champions next year. I cannot believe the world we're living in. Uh, Arsenal, plus 900. Liverpool, plus 1,000. United, plus 1,100. Chelsea, plus 1,500. And then Newcastle, plus 1,800. And just for lulls, Spurs. Plus 5,000 to be champions next year, getting into Leicester City territory and allegedly still part of the big six. So, Brett, uh, <laughs> allegedly, a, a couple of questions for you first. One, if City's minus 200 and the field was plus 160, which would you take? City. I mean, we talked, we, we talked, we talked about this uh, on the episode where we were talking about who might win the next title. Like, I, I a lot is going to have to go wrong for City. I mean, I, at this point, like you can't bet against Pep just figuring it out. I mean, I was having a, a discussion with a couple of friends and we were, because this is what we talk about. My friend group and I are, are so cool. We talk about Calvin Phillips a lot. Um, so yeah, come hang out with me. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about like, would we be surprised after what we've seen guys that struggled in their first year and then really come on for Pep in the second, Bernardo Silva, Grealish, et cetera, like, what is Calvin Phillips just going to like take into one spot and then like be like a 10 goal scorer next year? Would you, would you put it past pep to figure out to make, how to make that work? You know what I mean? So no. that's really like the bet that you're making. It's like pep is going to figure out, it took him longer this year, um, but he's going to figure out some way to, to turn these pieces into just a dynamic machine. And <clears throat> I mean, the only thing that's going to stop him at this point is sanctions. So give me, yeah, give me the minus 200. Yeah, I mean, he took John Stones from a backup uh, on his Out bench, of favor center back, yeah. Yeah, to the best or second best six in, in the world. Like, yeah. this is just what Pep does. So, no, I would not bet against that. Uh, the only thing I would say to what to this point of discussion is if I was going to take City, I wouldn't take them now. Uh, I think minus 200, like, I think you're going to see roughly the same odds in October, November. And if there's another Arsenal moment, where somebody gets out to a hot start and you know the disease of me and the disease of more takes in for city and they have a slow start that might creep down to minus 150 or minus 140. So I think you have a great chance to get a better number if you wait a little bit. So if you're on the city side, I wouldn't take it. If you're on the field side, now's the time to bet the field. Yeah, uh, so, I think that's right. Um, I mean, because I think the the one way to look at it too is like. City is going to lose some people. Mares is already going to be probably on its way out. I mean, there's a deal that he's also going to go to Saudi Arabia and probably make like $70 million a year or whatever they're paying him. Um, and Gundogan's going to be gone. Kyle Walker's probably played his last match. Laporte has been ruined to be gone. So I like your idea too, because City is going to incorporate some new faces. We don't know who they are. We don't know what it's going to look like. Um, <clears throat> so you may actually see, I think I love the way that you point out, just wait. Too, because we may get the random team that jumps out hot out of the gate. Newcastle may sign somebody and win their first five matches. It's and then it's going to shift the odds, and then you're going to get a better number. So I like the advice of just like holding off on City. Cool. Uh, all right, so let's walk through each of those teams real quick, and then let's get out of here. So, to me, Brett, like I for City, I wrote down their key signing as no one. Like, what do you get the guy that has everything when they already <laughs> lost out on Jude Bellingham? Like, I, 
I, I can't think of somebody that they would sign where I'd be like, oh, it's now going to move to like minus 250. I don't think there's anybody out there that moves the odds for them substantially outside of somebody unrealistic like Mbappe. So I couldn't even think of a signing that would move the line for City in any material way. How about you? Not really. Um, <clears throat> I thought about this. Obviously, you, you gave me a little bit of an advanced heads up time. Um, you know, there, there's probably some young midfielders in France that you can make a case to be good depth signings. Um, but I mean, a, a lot of it's going to be, you know, what happens with Calvin Phillips <clears throat> with Mara's gone. Does that just mean like Phil Foden just drops right into that, <laughs> that right wing spot. And then like just plays way more minutes than he normally does every season uh, and probably makes them better. Um, so, I mean, I think with city, a lot of it, their improvements is going to be internal. So like, I can't, I can't even think of a name that I would yeah. think that's available at this point to plug right into their life. All right. So, yeah. They're perfect. Unfortunately, until Pep retires and Holland screws off to real, like I think they're going to be minus 200 perpetually as count on them being minus 200 yeah. in June uh, until as long as Pep is under contract there. I, unfortunately, I think that's the reality we're living in, uh, but let's see if these other teams might be able to close the gap a little bit. So Arsenal plus 900. Um, I think the targets they're most associated with are Declan Rice, of course, and maybe, maybe Gundogan if he wants to stick around the Premier League instead of heading to Barca or, or going off to Germany. Um, if they sign either of those guys, I still wouldn't take the number, right? So, like, I don't know if it would move the number. Declan Rice might be baked in just a slight bit. Uh, but, like, Declan Rice is is a great player, Um Arsenal's problem wasn't in the like the Partey Jorginho role as much as it is in that city exists. Like they have a great attacking front line right now. They're not going to improve the front line very much. Back four is pretty solid. Uh, pod favorite you know, Ramsdale is not going to like change the table by 10 points if they brought in a new goalkeeper or anything like that. And so they already have Odegaard, who's one of the best. And so now you're just talking about like upgrading in that like Xhaka, Partey, uh, Jorginho space and Declan Rice would be an upgrade, but he wouldn't be enough of an upgrade for me to take Arsenal at plus 900. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that the proof of this one is Enzo came over for a hundred million and it would not like it did anything for Chelsea. Um, Caicedo is being linked to Manchester United. And I'm pretty sure that if he went there for 70 million, it would be a massive disappointment. Um, midfielders just typically don't, Shift it. Bellingham might be the exception that proves the rule because he's 19 and a God. Um, he also has a lot more goal involvements than I think most midfielders typically do that are kind of typical center mids. Um, but it's just really hard for midfielders. And I think Declan Rice is a great fit for Arsenal. Like I'm throwing that in there as well. So I just don't see it. I, I yeah. and they're and they're gonna have to manage Champions League too. So Yep. Okay. Well, they had a wonderful season and if they finish second again next year, I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be absolutely shocked if any signing could get them past the city machine. Um, Liverpool plus a thousand. They're a little more interesting to me because yes. you know they've been closer to Manchester city over the last three or four years. Plus they're not going to have uh champions league next year to distract them. So they're going to be able to focus a little bit more on the premier league. Um, 
but I struggled to come up with just one name that would really move it for him. Like they took a good step forward with McAllister uh, just in the last 24 hours drives me absolutely insane. Brett, it drives me absolutely insane. When you see like McAllister 60 million and then Liverpool signs up for 35. I felt the same way about Gakpo. I talked about on the show previously, how they get, these guys at below their number where Chelsea gets them 30 million over their number every <laughs> single time. I simply do not understand how this is happening. Uh, but I did finally come up with the one name that I think would, I I would definitely bet Liverpool plus a thousand. If this happened, I've never seen a single link to this happening and I don't think it will happen. Uh, but the name I came up with was pod favorite Jao Cancelo. If Jao Cancelo would come over from City and Bayern and come over to Liverpool, they'd move TAA to the midfield. That would help their midfield as much as any other midfield signing that they're going to make. And they would replace it with another extraordinarily dynamic uh, goal creator out at fullback that plays into the rest of that team. And then I would would find plus a thousand interesting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the the answer for me too is not for Liverpool. Isn't going to be a player. Um, I know you are hell bent on getting Trent out of a right back spot, uh, but when they made that transition to basically playing how City has, how a lot of these top clubs have by inverting him by playing like a nominal back four, but having him basically step inside as a holding midfielder, I think the commitment to that more formation is going to be more important for Liverpool than any player that they can bring in because it solidified him. And not only was Trent fantastic in terms of his ability to move the ball up the pitch. Uh, we, I mentioned, we mentioned him every time the Ryan wrote a great um, article highlighting all the kind of the big numbers from every Premier League team this season. And one of the things he highlighted for Liverpool was just how impressive Trent was in that new role in terms of, putting the ball in the penalty area, moving the ball up the pitch, uh, progressive passes, line breaking passes, all that kind of stuff. I think for Liverpool committing to that, getting a player like McAllister already, because one of the things that hurt them, and we made jokes about this, like Curtis Jones turned their season around, <laughs> basically a average league average midfielder made them substantially better. The reason I'm signing like McAllister works is like, if he just plays 80% of the minutes, even if he's just average, like even if he's not that great, if he just plays and they don't have to dip into trying to jam like Harvey Elliott and Carvalho in a midfield together, rely on Jordan Henderson's legs, play James Milner like they had to do this year, that's going to make them so much better. Like they just need to sign players that are healthy and well-rounded and commit to that formation. And I think they will take it off. Losing Firmino might hurt a little bit, but like there's still Jota. There's a second season for Nunez. Salah's back. Um, <clears throat> Gakpo is going to be able to fill in at every single spot. Like Harvey Elliott can play in the attacking band. So it's like hard to see a single player. They just need to stick to what they're doing and just get bodies in the midfield that aren't hurt. Yeah, we have nine months to argue about this next year, so I won't continue to harp on it. But if they commit to that formation as hard as you're saying, and they rely on Van Dyke and Kanate to cover for TAA's complete deficiencies in a back four, then I don't like their chances whatsoever to win the league. I would fade them at that point. Might even fade them out of the Champions League. So I see a little bit different unless they are able to get more defensive mobility in order to cover up for the crap that TAA does on that side of the ball. But let's 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 stick a fork in that for two months. I'm sure we'll be back to it. We'll be back on that. Trent, Trent uh, is a lightning rod for this podcast. 
All right. So uh, Manchester United, who I continue to think has great potential. Uh, I put them a tier ahead of Liverpool previously. I mean, I, I might take a, a mulligan on that one and put them even, but I still think United is a sleeping giant here. The name that's being floated the most is Kane. I'd love for them to sign uh, Vlahovic. So Chelsea don't sign them. That would be great. Um, <laughs> I think the name that we should be hearing, and I just I simply don't understand why the why they are not in on this guy is Vardial. Like, why isn't Josco linked with Manchester United? Why is he linked with City, who don't need him, versus United, who desperately need some refreshing at the back? So, besides Kane, I think someone like uh, like Josco would be an absolute grand slam for them. But I am able to sleep better at night knowing that they haven't been linked to him a single time. Yeah, I mean, for me, I look at the other end of the pitch for United, um, and I would say targeting attackers that are in their prime age range to go along with Rashford that are generally better than, like, MLS players <laughs> would be great. Um, so, I mean, uh, one of the guys, that, and we're talking about in the finals, that's like a perfect billing for that <clears throat> is Alartaro Martinez. I don't know if he'd leave Inter for United, but he's 25. He'd play through the middle. He'd push Rashford to the left. He'd be a massive upgrade over everyone else. He'd move Sancho back to the right side because uh, it looks like Anthony is going to have some unfortunate domestic abuse by uh, allegations that he's going to have to sort through. Um, <clears throat> and unfortunately for the woman, not for him. want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> um, Way to yeah. clean it up, pal. Yeah. But but that's, uh, but that's the type of signing that they need to make. I, they need to clean up their attacking band. They need to have better, higher impact attackers. I know Harry Kane would be the easiest plug and play thing, but he is older. He's had injury issues and he is going to cost them a ton of money. And we don't know how many years he has left in his prime. So in some ways, yes, United, please go get Harry Kane. But I do think there's smarter options that they could sign that would be much better fits for their, their project window. I don't know. I find that extremely interesting, right? Because like, Lataro Martinez has done extremely well when he's had like a target man and a classic nine next to him, but he's not that guy and neither is Rashford. So like, are they going to keep Woot around? Are they keeping more Weg horse in the lineup in order to make Lataro have a chance? Like that seems like a step backwards. He doesn't seem like the right fit for me, but you're the genius. I'm just the idiot on the couch. Well, it's just, it would be just dependent more on, on the style of play, right? Like if they're going to try to basically lump balls into the box, like absolutely you want a target guy. But Ten Hag wants possession. He wants pressing. He wants total football. He came from Ajax. Like those guys would just play a more aggressive pressing transition based style. And I think he'd fit right in. And I mean, for me, like Sancho has not put up the numbers. He's not the player that we thought he was. But like some of the things that he does in terms of like moving the ball up the field, dribbling the ball into the box, creating shots for other teammates. He does those things really well. I think a Rashford, Martinez, Sancho, like front three would actually be really potent and kind of scary. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, All right. Chelsea plus 1500. There's (laughs) no world in which I actually bet that against city as much as I want to, even without champions league and focus on, because as far as I can tell, uh, they're not going to have a team next year. They're selling everybody. Yeah. It is pretty wild. I mean, by the way, we should have brought this up when we brought United up. Rashford's entering the last year of his deal, I'm pretty sure. Like, watch that space, because this time last year, you would have said, hey, Mason Mount, he, there's no way he would leave. And now he's in the shop window, and everybody's you know kind of coming in and asking the price. Uh, so let's watch that Rashford and make sure he signs his extension. 
But for Chelsea, I mean, like it is, it is wild. It is absolutely wild. We talked about them earlier. Like they were in the Champions League final two years ago. Two years ago, they were in the Champions League final. And after this offseason is finished, you want to take a guess how many people started in that match or are likely to still be on the team? Uh one. It's more than one. It's three. It's Reese James, it's Chile, and it's Silva. And Silva's only got one year left. So in two years, and almost the entire bench is going to be gone too. So in two years, they took 18 guys who are in the Champions League final, and they're going to have like four of them remaining. It is <laughs> complete and utter insanity. Um, what's really interesting, Brett, I mean, I I follow this a lot closer than you do, so I don't expect you to have like a formally formed opinion. But they've got a generational problem right now in that uh, like Cassidy is just lighting up the U20 World Cup right now. He scored again today. He's led Italy into the final. He's lead, from midfield. He's the leading scorer in the tournament with seven goals. But he's not Premier League ready quite yet. Like, he's U20 ready, but he's not Premier, Premier League ready uh, quite yet. But, like, he could be Lampardian in the midfield three years from now. But they can't wait three years because they're selling their entire midfield. They've already got rid of Jorginho. Kova's on his way probably to City. Uh, Mount's on his way out. And Golo's going to take the bag in Saudi Arabia, and they're just left with Enzo and and our Lord and Savior Conor Gallagher. Obviously, that's tongue in cheek. Uh, so there's no one guy, but they need a striker. They need a midfield. They're they're pretty well set at the back. They can always use some upgrades, but the back is the the place that they're most set right now. Uh, they can get James and Chile to play the fullbacks, and they got a wealth of options in turning Levi Cola, including Levi Cola returning. Uh, so there's nothing at the back. It's a striker, but there's not a great, unless they're going to spend 150 million bucks on Osaman, like who are they going to buy? That's going to make a difference. Like the, Harry Kane's never going to go there because of the relationship with Spurs. And outside of Osaman, I don't see anybody making a difference. They might as well just roll it out another year and, and see what happens. And so they have no chance to win the league. They need Santos. They need Cassidy. They need Chukameka. Um, they need these guys to mature a little bit. They'll start filling some of the gaps. If I had to write one name down here, it's just because I love N'Golo Conte so much. So Casado at 70 million bucks, I think is the one signing that I wouldn't make this offseason that'll make the biggest difference. Yeah, I mean, I my advice for for that team wouldn't be one particular guy. Uh it would be it would go hand in hand with basically sell everyone on the team like over 25 <laughs> or loan yeah. them. And Enzo's 21 that's your future. That's going to be your centerpiece. Um, and then just do what Brighton's done. Take a gamble on a bunch of kids from 17 to 24 and like, just let them play, like clear out your roster of everybody over that age range. And then whether it's your Academy guys or guys coming back on loan, like Colwell, um, just make sure there's space for them to get into the 11 and then let them play. Yeah. And then that's it. That's that's what they do. Like no specific signing one player dumping 70, 100 million on anybody anymore. Just clear out the roster, fill it with 10, 20 million dollar shots from kids from Peru or whatever that are well, they've 18. already done that. They've already yeah. done that. Like yeah. they, like Cassidy, Chugamekia, um uh Santos. They just signed this kid from Ecuador, Perez, who just got his first senior call up at 16. Like they're already on your your path here. It's just it's just one step further. They're not signing 20-year-olds yeah. 
who are ready to play in the Premier League. They're signing 18, 16, 19, 20-year-olds who need a couple loans to be ready two years from now. They still have to field a team for the next two years, and they need to qualify for the Champions League. That's uh, So financial fair play doesn't completely ruin them. So like they can't just sit back and wait for these kids to mature. They have to try to be competitive, not for the top one, but for the top four over the next two years. And it's a hard bridge to cross. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing that I look at, too, is if you take a step back for what Chelsea is as far as like their financial wealth and essentially their history, when you think of a team that has it like just rolls the dice on a bunch of 24 to 20 year old kids and just all you need is like three of those guys to pop and you're immediately in Champions League contention. Like if Lewis Hall... I'm just using this as an example. I don't want a whole Lewis Hall diatribe here, but if like Lewis Hall becomes the opposite of, of Reese James Enzo's Enzo. And one of the, the attackers blows up into top flight status in the premier league. That's a champions league team, right? Yeah. Like, and, and so, they have Cuckoo coming in and they've yeah. got Malo Gusto coming in. I mean, like they're doing a lot of what you're talking about. I just, I, and, I don't, and you got to remember, like, stop. Pochettino's style is going to be a super aggressive pressing style. So just having a bunch of young guys that are going to run and press and play in transitions that he can rotate in and out of the lineup and sub aggressively each game like that, that will make up in the aggregate for like just getting guys that are Premier League capable right away. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, all right. Last Chelsea thing, because we'll talk about this more in August. With the yeah. Pochettino coming in, like, I don't quite understand the Mountain Havertz rumors. Like, why are they so desperate to sell these guys when they're high energy, high pressing players that fit the style? Haver- the Havertz well? one is really weird. That one I don't get. So I, I don't know if they just won't extend them and they're not offering enough money and the grass is greener for the other places or they're so burned out. Chelsea that they want out. I would but think like, that would be the one. <laughs> Havertz and Mount are like perfect for the style that's coming in. You you have Gallagher, you have a couple of guys with high energy pressing and, and counterplay. And they maybe they do have a shot over the next two years. And so I don't know why you sell guys at 50 million to replace as good as the guys you sold. Like none of the math makes sense to me, but what do I know? So before my head explodes. So Newcastle's plus 1,800. Um, sign. He's in the Champions League final this week. Uh, he's a long... His name's Romelu Lukaku. I think he'd be the, the piece that would really put Newcastle over the top. And so I think that uh, about $120 million for him is the best piece of business Newcastle could do this year. Uh, no, no, that's perfect. That's the signing. Um no, I, you know, I, I didn't have a specific name uh, because I wasn't going to go through like every 23 year old to 20 year old right back in the world. Um, but I think the extreme extreme, I'm using this word as significantly as I can, the extreme amount of lifting that Trippier did for their attack, if he is hurt or just wears out from all the extra games they are going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, they need an option to rotate in at that right back, back spot. Now, my theory would be Anthony Gordon's not a good attacker. He might make an okay right back. It worked out well for Jesus Navas. Why not him? Um, so they might have it in-house, but if they don't, there needs to not only be a plan to rotate him this year, 
there needs to be like a passing of the torch type of idea that they're going to sign someone now because Trippier is 32 to take over. Because if he gets hurt, that's going to be the end of them being a Champions League quality team. Like it's that simple. So they yeah. need to they need to sign one player that can rotate in and grow into that spot where it's not a death spiral with him out of the lineup. Yeah, I don't know when they're going to flex their financial might, right? Like, wh- where are they? Where were they on Messi rumors? Where are they on Neymar rumors? Are they committed to this like up and coming Eddie uh, uh, Howe led team that they're willing to sign guys in like the 10, 20 million range and then hope they hit? Like, at what point are they going to hit the city button and just go after the superstars in the world to advance their project? I think that's the question that I'm waiting to see. And I don't think it's going to be this offseason because all the you know, hundred million dollar guys that are that might move. Newcastle doesn't even come up, which is kind of shocking. Uh, so the last one is Spurs at plus five thousand. Um, <laughs> so they who, need to who sign. Who are going to be booted out of our big six? They they need to go <laughs> Nottingham Forest and go like full blood boy and like replace everybody. Like 20, <laughs> 22 new signings As... is what they need. They need 22 new signings. And so if you ask me what one guy would actually let me to bet on Spurs, um, the only, I, I did come up with a name. I had to think about it a lot. Uh, out of the Middle East, questionable ethnicity, uh, home clubs in Nazareth. His name's Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth is the only <laughs> guy they could sign that I would even start sniffing this. And even then, even then, I know sandals are a little bit hard to play in, but even then, I don't think I would, I would back the Spurs to win the league next year. Yeah, there's not there's no well, no one player. Like even if Harry Kane stays, there's no one player that moves the needle. They need a top-down overhaul. They need to replace a lot of players. They need to identify a system that fits those players because they're going to be probably transitioning from the Conte back three personnel to what's most likely the new manager from Celtic is going to switch it to, I think, like a 4-2-3-1. He played a lot. So like that's going to be a whole thing. Um, there's no one guy that fixes that. There's just not. Yeah. There's there's multiple guys. There's coordination within the front office. Daniel Levy's talked about creating a new decision making apparatus that follows the Brighton Brentford models. Like they just need to get their s together in yeah. multiple ways. One player is not going to save them. Well, if he it feels an incredibly appropriate way to end the 2023 Covered in Glory season by saying one last time, fade Spurs. <laughs> They are garbage. I'm not even sure we're going to be talking about them in August. Uh, All right, everyone. This was a comically long show. If you stuck with us to the end, thank you very much. If you didn't, you're not hearing me anyway, so you can go to hell. Um, We enjoyed the season tremendously, talking about the Premier League with all of you, but also mixing in a World Cup. This was just an, an incredible experience. Uh, we look forward to coming back at 23-24, Sans World Cup, so we can focus on just the Premier League and spending a lot more time with you guys. Hit us up on uh, – actually, hit Brett up on Twitter. I never check it, but feel free to try to reach me any other way you can. You know, Philadelphia in July is a great way, place to find me at the Chelsea match. Uh, but love the conversation. Love doing this with you guys every week. Brett, I love you, and thanks for joining me in all of our shows. Uh, we will end this year the way that we always do. Please join us next season for our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. Have a great summer, everyone. Take care, everybody.